Hi everyone, today is December 5th, 2020, and this is a dual assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. We have a big week this week. Um, KC Cup finally wrapped up after all the drama that went down. We have ourselves a winner. So we're talking about the top 8 decks from the KC Cup. Fallout from the KC Cup was the new ban list, and this one hit hard. We... We're mired in a meta that was pretty repetitive for a while, I must say. And things are going to change. So we're going to go through all of the ban list changes upcoming for December 15th. Also, take a look at tier list update, what they expect at Duel Links meta, and with one of the tournaments already having had played with these new rules. Um, After that, we'll go through... DD Castle, two new rewards from that before we obtain, officially obtain um, Brody. And then finally, new Structure Deck EX featuring the Noble Knights. So my week in the Duel World was not very eventful. I already hit King of Games the week before. This week is pretty much just trying out new stuff. And, you know, when the tier list was announced, the update and all that stuff... I tried out um, Witchcrafters again, because I saw some of the early King of Games decks were Witchcrafter decks, and they are expected to be competitive again, make Witchcrafters great again, and it was pretty cool, yeah, I think I got up to, I haven't played a ton, frankly, you hit King of Games, you start off at Plat 6, I'm at Plat 7, and then in between that, the Noble Knights box came out. And I bought two uh, copies of that, owing to my um, free-to-play self, which isn't ex- exactly free-to-play, but I didn't feel like spending like $6 on another third copy of whatever, uh, Merlin or whatever. So I just bought two copies, one with gems, one with a little bit of money, and um, enjoying... Noble Knights are actually really hard to play. Uh, we'll get into it some other week, but... Right now, it's proving a little difficult to play. But yeah, I got through what was needed for the DD Assault. Waiting for the next um, round so I can acquire Brody. Let's get to this week in esports. And no bigger esports than the KC Cup 2020. Of course, this one was known for the allegations of cheating. And they cleared that up. So, without further ado, let's get to the top 8. First place, Grucius. Grucius used four decks, and I guess it's strange to see four decks. Um, first place player might play with two, but four decks, it really did help. Um, I think he probably played through different stages. ELO is different depending where you are, so I guess there was a progression. So let's go through the four decks. First, Master of Rights 2, Cyber Angel Megalith, and this is the deck where... Cyber Angel Ben 10 was proven to be the best over Dakini. You've got all the Megalith cards that you need because they function as the monsters, the materials, and the costs. So, three copies of Bether, two copies of Haggith, three copies of Ophiel, three copies of Phaleg, and one copy of Ak, one Megalith Portal Field Spell, one Megalith Emergence Trap, three Cyber Angel Ben 10, and three Senju. It's also got an extra deck, but I don't think it's too consequential for this deck. Uh, Gaga Cowboy, 
Maya Stroke, Diamond Dire Wolf, two of them, Gagaga Samurai, Black Ship of Corn, and the Evagishki Marrowgeist. Other deck, Destiny Draw Invoked Lunalite. This is one of the um, storylines of the Kaiba Cup. Lunalites are good. They're not in a tier, but they're really good. And if you've, you've played enough ranked, you know that Lunalites are good. But anyways, this is an interesting deck because none of the monsters are anything but dark. You've got all the Lunalites, three Martin, Yellow Martin... Two Crimson Fox, three Emerald Bird, three White Rabbit, they're all dark. Two Sphere Karibos, three Alistair, one Invocation, three Lunalite Fusion. So, yeah, you're basically just using Alistair to banish stuff from the opponent's graveyard, from other attributes, frankly. That's what it is. And then this deck, Master of Destiny Desperado. This is the deck that kind of led to the flavor of the week. I'm not expecting Desperado to stay as a tiered deck. But this week it kind of hit the tournament scene. And, you know, having the first place guy, first place global, use the deck definitely helps. So this deck, three Desperado Barrel Dragon, two Machina Fortress, two Twin Barrel, one Temperance, one BM4 Blast Butter, one Cryule, one Misjudge, two Cup of Ace, one Fiend Comedian, three Karma Cuts, three Super Team Buddy Force Unite. And that's the trap card that pretty much put the deck together. Like, the deck was, wasn't was much before this card came out. And this card does a lot for the deck. It There's some machine synergy, so you could kind of, like, swap machines out. You could bait opponent back row destruction. And it thins out the deck. It does so many different things. Finally, Destiny Draw Invoked Roids. Not much to say about invoked roids. They stall, they pierce, they direct attack. It's pretty much the alternative to burn. So congrats to Grucius for hitting, punching that ticket to 2021 WCS. Second place, Gift. Draw Sense Dark, Invoked Magician Girl, Super Standard Deck. Not much to say about it. And level duplication Crystrons. This is a Crystron deck with no Sea Stealth, no Citadel Whale. Third place global act, Cyber Style Cyber Dragon. Two versions of this deck. And it's a bit of a unique take. I'm not surprised if this guy's Japanese uh, because the deck's kind of unique. Um, only five core monsters. One Cyber Dragon, one Veer, three cores. I think many decks just run two, two Veers or whatever, but... Um, not much to say about it. Uh, two copies of Storm. I'm not sure if Storm's commonly used in Cyber Dragons, but I don't think it is. I think he's making use of some of the dead cards to get. Um, yep. Top, f- uh, fourth place global, Sunri Santi. This is a guy who has gone to Worlds before. Mythic Depths, Sea Stealth Attack, Crystrons. This is a pretty standard version of the deck. Um, if you are running... Well, it's 25 cards. It's a little different, I guess. No, it's 30. If you run um, Citadel Whale and Sea Stealth, Master of Rights 2, Cyber Angel, Megalith, again, this is a version without um, Dakini, only Ben 10s, and uh, it has a copy. It's pretty much the same deck, but it has a copy of Artifact Land, Sia's Attack, and Draw Sense Dark Invoked Magician Girls. 
pretty much the deck that broke invoked. Fifth place global, Sun Sun, previous champion. Restart Karakuri. That's as good as the deck gets. And um, two copies of Divine Wrath. That has some synergy with the two copies of Karakuri Gamma Oil. Three copies of Ballista Squad as well. Offerings to the Doom to throw back Karakuri card. And it shows up here as well. Sixth place global, Hukasuki. Master of Fusion, Lunalite, pure Lunalite deck. This just proves how the deck was not on a tier list, but everyone knew it's good. And some stall options here. Three Sphere Karibos, two Temperance, pretty much the same thing, both hand traps. Otherwise, pure Lunalite deck. Master of Fusion to help tutor your Lunalite Fusion. Yushan, 7th place. Level augmentation combo Shirinui. This is the first. Uh, this is the top placing Shirinui deck amongst the millions that played. And as as you know, the combo version kind of just goes around the Spirit Master, Sealing Ceremony of Catan, and Ghost Meets Girl. That's what makes it different. This deck this deck also runs Needlebug Nest to help mill some stuff, and that's a limit one card. And finally, eighth place global Soratun with Destiny Draw Ritual Beasts. Ritual Beasts didn't get touched in the ban list. This deck is interesting for having two copies of a pointer of the Red Lotus. That's a card that just shows up every so often in a Kaiba Cup, along with Destiny Draw Top Trigger. That's skill. Alright. So let's get to the Meta Weekly. Duelings Meta Weekly 153. And they're playing with the new rules by here. And you see the top decks. You got Blue Eyes, Desperado, Cyber Dragon, Noble Knights. It's a little different. First place, Terrific, Master of, De- Master of Destiny, Desperado. This is um, a similar deck to what uh, first place, Grucius played. And um, yeah, we're in, a, we're in a new world now with, this, with the tournament scene. And it all revolves around the Super Team Buddy Force Unite. But some differences, of course, head judging, two copies of BM4 Blast Spider, no Cryule, stuff like that. Second place, Grucius. He's back. After winning the KC Cup, he's back and placing second in a tournament. Master of Destiny, Desperado. He kind of made a change up here. A little bit of a different deck here. As we saw with the um, previous, they do run some XZs options with what monsters they have, typically level 4s. Grucius threw in a curveball here, threw in some Black Salvo. That lets you do some Synchro. So there's some Synchro and... Uh, XZ's plays here. He does like Cryule, so that's back. One copy of Machine and Gear Frame. Uh, kind of help with the um, Fortress, I guess. Needlebug Nest is still in the deck. Black Salvo lets you do a level 7 synchro play, so you go with Black Rose and Samurai Destroyer for some tech. That's uh, kind of a toolbox. And Star Eater, level 11, which goes well with the Machine of Fortress. Oh yeah, Barrel Dragon 2, 3 plus 8. And a bunch of level 4 XC's plays. Top 4 Zenith. Peak Performance Black Wings. This is kind of like the remaining vestige of the old meta. And uh, it's pretty much the same Black Wing deck. 3 Simoon, 1 Bora, 2 Zephyros, 3 Gale, 2 Chris, 1 Orochi Squall, 3 Black Rollins, 3 Cosmic, 2 Offerings to the Doomed. And top four, Dark Ragnos, Spell Specialist, 
Lightsworn Thunder Dragons. This is an interesting deck in that it runs a few unorthodox cards. Card of the Soul that helped you tutor the uh, Dragon Thunderhawk when you have 4,000 life points. And Dark World Dealings to name a few of these um, odd cards in the deck. So this is the predictive update for the tier list. They're trying, they said they tested it out a ton. And I don't doubt that they didn't. But it's hard to say what what the deck's going to look like without any card updates. We don't know what's going to come in the next box. Noble Knights are not including here either. So this is just kind of like based on the reaction of what got nerfed. Tier 1, we have Cyber Dragons and Witchcrafters. Two kind of like opposite decks. Cyber Dragons, pure aggro deck with the one control on Cybernetic Overflow. Which is pretty much the best card. And then Witchcrafters. Um, controlling monster effects. Becoming really big. That kind of thing. So those decks are back. Tier 2. We also have some promotion of some existing decks. Black Wings, Blue Eyes, and Ritual Beasts. And Tier 3. Gookie and Thunder Dragon. So there's a whole shakeup. All of these cards were not tiered before. Or were like Tier 3, Tier 4 decks. They're all back in the scene. And all the cards that were in the tier list got removed. Crystrons, Combo Shirinui, Control Shirinui, Invoked Magician Girls, Curry. Why were these cards removed from the list? Well, let's jump into the ban list. See what's up. Alright, so the ban list, this is set for December 15th. So it's pretty annoying when you see... People still trying to play these decks, but I can't really fault people for actually liking to play the decks that got banned. I myself was a Card Curry player who hit King of Games with Card Curries, so my deck got banned. So, I can't see people liking Shirinui or um, Dark Magician or things like that, but anyhow, this is an interesting set of nerfs because it's just a ban list, no skill updates. Typically, we see both of them in conjunction, and what that makes me think is that there was enough diversity of skills in the metagame, during the KC Cup, during the last few months, and that's good. We saw that with Shirinui, they didn't just run one skill. Karakuris ran multiple skills. Um, Invoked kind of got towards Draw Sense Dark, once they got aligned with the Magician Girls. The Crystrons played different decks. Um, not sure what else, but overall there was enough skill diversity I think so that they were comfortable just hitting the cards let's get to the cards a card was banned and this is invoked Coxidus Coxidus always got less credit than Purgatrio Purgatrio is the one who scared you who pierced all of your monsters hit for a lot of damage Coxidus was always around just as useful it already got sent to limited one and it was a card that wasn't in every deck because it was limited one, so people didn't really um, run it if they couldn't afford to, but definitely saved the deck, stalled the deck against various removals, any removal really outside of Fortunately Every or anything like that. And it just gave the deck some ability to grind out games. And now they don't have that anymore. So, And there's also that really old combo with um, Concentrated Current because it takes advantage of the huge defense that Coxidus has. But 
what this does is takes out the water element in Invoked. So Invoked decks are pretty much just running Earth and Fire right now. We don't have a Wind attribute for it yet. Earth, Fire, and Dark, but the Dark doesn't really count. Um, you're not really going to play Invoked for um, the Dark one. Earth as well. Earth, that you're just getting a 3,000 attack beater. So what I see is some kind of package with fire decks. And with the other nerf, it could be a pretty lean package. But it's not going to be the reason you... It, it changes invoked from a deck you build for to an option. Uh, invoked, ever since it came into Duelings, has always been an archetype. And different archetypes filled in to provide attributes for invoked. Now I think it's going to get reversed with all these changes. And um, it's going to be some kind of package for a fire deck somehow. That's minimal commitment. I think that's what it is. The minimal commitment. And you can actually build your deck your own way. But Coxidus is gone. And um, yeah, it's gone. More effect damage. Or effect removal, I mean. Now we have a card that's moved into limited one. And that's Karakuri Merchant Model 177 in a, on Inashichi. In this whole run of this podcast, I've been calling it Inashachi. It's Inashichi. And this is the deck's core monster. This kills the deck right here. And it's, it's a hit on a few things. It's a hit on consistency. You Karakuri decks ran Restart. They ran Draw Sense Low Level. For the purpose of having Merchant in the opening hand. That was the goal. Because it worked so well with Kunam's on That you needed some opening hand consistency. You needed the Merchant. So now you're kind of begging. Let's say you're playing Karakuri post-nerf. You're going to be begging for a hand with Nanishi. And cash cache because that's the only thing you could do. Nanishi is a limited two, and you're definitely going to run two of her to max out the chance of cash cache, which you'll be running three of. And then you also have one merchant in your deck, so it's kind of like six cards in the deck that you need two of. That's kind of that's not great, and um, this also hurts Kunamzan, the counterpart, because. Kunimzan and Nanishi isn't great. It doesn't always gel because they're both tuners, right? So this hurts the whole level 7 synchro play into Burai into the play. So it just kills the whole thing. Now, the fact that you lose 2 Inasachi in itself is a minus 2. Each Inasachi tutors a card, right? So in that, you lose... You pretty much lose two cards. Advantage right there. And Merchant tutored out anything. So any of the spells that worked with Karakuri. You could you could draw your cash in. You could draw your cash, um, cash shed. You could draw your Gamma Oil. All those get hurt because you don't... The consistency is gone. Now, there isn't much in the game that replaced... Uh, in a in a shichi, the Karakuri Barrel model ninety six Shinkuro is a level two 
But then the level 2 kind of doesn't work with the Kunim Zen because that's going to be two tuners on the board and they can't make the Burai. It might have to work with the Nanashik, which is the level 5 normal. So you kind of have to use the level 2 tuner and the level 5 normal. It's a bit clunky. And this really is a big hit on Card Curry. Alright, Limited 2, which is pretty much the death knell for decks. What is on Limited 2? So we got Magician of Dark Illusion. This is the first hit on Dark Magician. Well, there has been a previous hit, I think. But first hit right now. And this one is to limit good generic level 2, I mean limited 2 cards with Dark Magician. Handicap, if you will. And with Dark Magician, it's probably Enemy Controller. Maybe World Legacy Clash. Those are the two cards I see that they're trying to affect. So, I don't know. Magician with Dark Illusion, you could just live with one, frankly. Some decks do. Most decks do live with one. So, not too big of a nerf, but they're trying to limit the number of cards. Like Econs, you could use with, with Dark Magician. Alright, so the next three cards are pretty much lumped into the same category. And that's the Assassination of Shirinui, which I personally am happy for. But I can't speak for a Shirinui player who... There's like a million Shirinui players and they're all hurt by this. So, you know, one person's misfortune is another person's favor. But you can't you can't be too... You can't laugh at the misfortune of others too much, but... Three nerfs here, and what it kind of goes along with the next deck that get hit. But what happens here is they put three cards on limit two, in which Shirnui's Squire is already limit two. So do the math. There's four cards for two slots. <laughs> All right, Shirnui's Solitaire. This card, this card was never for anything like 500 attack zero defense, but it's set up all the plays. Tribute a monster, basically send something to the graveyard. Special summon a tuner from the deck. So that's your level 2 play, pretty much. Then this guy and the 2 become a 6. And then this card, you can recycle a banished monster. And then you bring it back. And you turn it into a level 8, into, you know... It set up all the plays. It cheated out monsters from the deck. It made reuse of banished cards. It's just... Shirinui was pretty much a textbook masterclass on how to use the graveyard, how to use the banished zone, how to match up levels for synchro summons, how to do that, how to do that. They were the perfect deck for that. Now, next one, Shirinui Sun Saga, which was also added to the limit two. That's pretty much the reason you played Shirinu. is the boss monster of the deck. 3,500 attack. Return synchro summoned synchro monsters into your extra deck. Destroy stuff on the board. Protect the board. Protect the board and banish stuff while doing it. Triggering effects. This was the nexus of Shirinu. So... You lose the purpose that you're playing Shirinui for. Now, naturally, you would include one of these cards. And you would have to run Sun Saga. There's no reason you probably just you probably play one, right? Because 
that's the whole reason you're playing shooting. But then you're going to have to pick between Squire or Solitaire. That's the kicker here. So yeah, Sun Saga, Boss Monster, a lot of attack. Controlled the board. Triggered effects. Yeah, did everything. Finally, uh, Spirit Master. Spirit Master is more of a hit on the combo Shirinui deck because they kind of rely on the combo of banishing this guy, hitting something on the board. But, you know, some regular Shirinui decks ran it. Let's pretty much run from the start when Shirinui, before Shirinui diverged. Let's pretty much run from the start as a quick synchro summon tool. So it's a pretty good card too. Doesn't get as much love as others, but it's a combo card. So that's what it is, so all these three nerfs will kill Shirinui. Now, Crystrons. Crystrons got hit good too. And three cards on a semi-limit. Crystron Ryan is already semi-limited, so we put three more on. Crystron Citri, first three hits. And this is another tuner. So they're kind of hitting at the consistency of the tuners on these nerfs. And Ideally, this is probably the card you would run two of and take up all the semi-limit slots because this is kind of the reason you play Crystrons is to surprise them, quick effect. Synchro Summon, you get into your Amatrix to flip them. You can get into your Quadrant Gandrix to banish stuff. Pretty much the reason why you play Crystrons. So I would go with the Citri. You cut out your Rions, I guess, but then you lose some other stuff. Scrap Recycler. This was... This is not necessarily a Crystron card, but it became one. And it's a free card, so it's easy to nerf. Once normal special summon, send a machine from the deck to the graveyard. So pretty much the easy disposal here. And that's pretty much what Crystrons need to get started. They needed a disposal. Some dual skills, they start off with some kind of disposal. Um, yeah, that's how they get started. So... They're going to need to use some inferior dual skill or some other card to start disposing of stuff, but it's um, it hits at the consistency of disposing stuff into the graveyard. Now, Jennings Controller got hit too. And, you know, this card... This card's just a basic tuner. No abilities. Normal monster, nothing. And this also... This hits at two cards, really. This hits also at Genex Undyne, because Genex Undyne's only ability, really, is to dump something to tutor Genex Controller. So basically, you're hitting at multiple cards here in this um, nerf to uh, Crystrons. Crystrons weren't seen a ton. Like, they were always like a big brain deck, I feel like. And you never saw them a ton, but they were always very good. Now this drops them quite a bit. Now the last one on the semi-limit list is Dragoonity Senatus. And there's basically a swap going on here. But basically the Divine Lance got swapped out. And we got Senatus. Senatus, you discard a Dragoonity equip from the deck to the card. So pretty much this is a setup play for Cows. Cows is the card that if you banish it with Chain Disappearance, they lose. They have no way of winning the game. So Senatus kind of sets up the play. And it's not a huge nerf to Dragoonity, but it is. Because kind of the difference between putting an equip spell versus a monster that's core to the deck. It's a big difference. 
They still can't use their summoning cards like Hey Trunade, but it's kind of hitting at a starter of the combo, if you will. So it hits at the starter of a combo, it's a big nerf. Against Dragoon, you got too many like brainless wins. That's what happened? Okay, limit three. Invocation. What this does is it puts Invocation and Alistair, who's already a limit three, in the same slot. So you got three slots for two cards. You can't really max out your um, consistency and also ability to power up stuff in the hand. You pretty much won't really use that ability unless you get lethal, I think. Because you're trying to... You're going to be wasting too many resources in that point. But it hits at the consistency of Invoked. In a way, this makes the deck... You know, this this goes into the point I was saying when when I mentioned Coxidus. You got three cards in a package plus whatever fire monster or earth monster you're running. Probably fire monster. That's a minimal investment right there. So this makes the deck... This makes the package actually a package. Not really an archetype that you build around. So what it is is there's some... Invoked Purgatory of Fire Packers down the line. That doesn't take too many deck slots. Alright. Fusion Reserve also got put on limit 3. It kind of hits the invoked thing. Um, it was a tutor for Alistair. It was a tutor for any of the um, attribute monsters. It also hits that Neos Fusion. If you if you decide to run that with, with the deck. So just an easy tutor uh, for any of those cards. It's a card from the selection box. <laughs> Volume 3. So that's... It's not cheap. Alright, Magician's Navigation and Magician's Rod, both limited three. This is what kills, I, I put in quotes, kills Dark Magician. Now, Magician Navigation is pretty much the reason you play Dark Magician because it works so well with the Dark Magic Circle, with the uh, big monsters, the Dark Magicians you put into the deck. It works so well with banishing a spell or trap the next turn. Pretty much the reason, this is pretty much the only reason you play Dark Magician. And, um, yeah, not sharing the slot with Magician's Rod, who is equally good. Um, your ability to start off a play to draw Dark Magic Circle or Magician's Navigation or Illusion Magic. This was the main worker of the deck, and to hit at the consistency so hard with just two slots, uh, three slots, I mean, for two cards. That's half the consistency right there. So, Dark Magician weren't ever a tiered. They were tiered, but they're not really tiered. They're just like a working man's deck. And they were, frankly, the deck that you saw the most. And the deck that I, ha- I really hated. And I just hated it because I saw it a ton. But frankly, you could beat it a lot. You knew the counters to Dark Magician. And now it's gone. So, it is what it is. And, um, you know, some people are actually hurt by this. They like playing Dark Magician. So... I can't revel too much in it, but I am, I for one am happy that we could see more diversity in the ranked meta. Finally, um, assault armor. This I don't know what happened with this assault armor. Might be for silent swordsman. I don't know. It's for warriors. Uh, I never really saw it. I don't think I ever saw it. And um, sometimes these nerfs happen. You kind of scratch your head. Something something broken was discovered, and um, that's what happened. Alright, so, t- so three cards got moved to the Unlimited. And um, Dragoon and Divine Lance, as I mentioned, swapped out with the Senatus. 
I don't think this really changes anything. Hero of Shadow Scout. This was a, kind of like a staple in some burn decks, so you're kind of getting some some spell cards and stuff like that to burn your opponent down. Burn's been nerfed quite a bit, so I guess they're they think it's okay to use this card again. And Donpa Marksman for Hire. Um, for Hire's never made a splash. They had some new cards recently with Bravo and some other cards, but Donpa's no longer a limited two, so you can use World Legacy Clash safely. But their Dyna's still limited one, so it's probably good enough like a tier four deck. Um, you probably had King Games of Fur Hires by now, but you know these really good old decks they don't have they don't have the power that a lot of these new decks do have right nowadays. So that is all I have to say about the nerfs. Overall, I'm really happy that Konami did it. I mean, three play players complain all the time about their stuff getting nerfed. And I get it. You know, you can't really turn these cards into a thing, but the meta was super stale and you know, I'm I was questioning whether I should keep playing. You know, there's just different things push top level players away. I'm not a top level player, but it pushes people who've played the game a long time away. And this there's nothing like a stale meta that does that. So you know, kudos for actually taking action, and um, hopefully it leads to some changes. Without you know being a huge departure, it gives an opening for XZs to come in. But we'll see. I trust their uh, their balance team do all that stuff. All right, let's move on. DD assault. DD assaults that event. Um, it's kind of like a reincarnation of an old event. The DD Tower, which I always was was always like one of my favorite events, but it's pretty much the same thing here. Go up some floors, you fight like um, it's got a gauntlet match. I don't know what you call it, but you fight multiple monsters with the same amount of life points. It's like a gauntlet, yeah. So notably, this DD Assault event is the one that gives Axel Brody. So there's a whole bunch of fire-themed pyro cards, whatever, whatever you call these guys. Axel Brody is currently unavailable right now. December, December six is the first day we get Axel Brody. So when I'm recording this, uh, we don't have Axel Brody. So I'm not going to talk about what cards or skills he has yet, but I will talk about the two rewards. Now, the the notable thing about the story here is that. The last DD Castle, it was the Vampire Hunter. Now we have Dark Blade. Dark Blade was a card that I always found very interesting for being just like a vanilla 1800 monster. It's a Dark Warrior. Uh, yeah, there's something about Dark Blade that's really cool. But it's also the storyteller here. So Dark Blade, Tour Guide, Axel, something's going down. So two new cards from these rewards here. Um, outside of what we're getting from Axel Brody. First one's called the Blazing Bars, level 8 Pyro, 2600-2200. While this card's in your hand or graveyard, you can banish three other monsters from your graveyard, special summon this card. Also, you cannot special summon other monsters for the rest of the turn. During your main phase, uh, you can send other monsters you control to the graveyard and inflict 250 damage to your opponent for each monster sent to the graveyard. You can use each effect once per turn. 
So while combo Shirinui just got nerfed, this has a bit of synergy of Shirinui's Spirit Master, so it's something to think about. Uh, but this goes along with the pyro theme of dumping stuff into the graveyard so you can kind of cheat this guy out. Um, reminds me of a smaller scale of the Elemental Lord cards, but you could also pretty much send stuff that's on the board to the graveyard Inflict 250 for each to get inflict 500 max. Um, can't send this card itself to the graveyard for a 750 lethal, but you could send those two other guys to the graveyard. Helps populate the graveyard for other effects like lavals or whatever. Um, yeah, it's actually a decent card if you're able to populate your graveyard. So if there's some kind of like disposal fire deck that comes out, this is definitely in consideration. I would say it's definitely not a meta thing, but, you know, if it is, um, that would be pretty cool, but pretty cool and annoying, I must say, but um, what it is, is a burn, it's a burn card, pyro card, a lava card, possibly, you could throw in Shirinui Solitaire, a Spirit Master in there, maybe, I don't know. Now, next card is Lava Magna Cannoneer, level 4 pyro, 1700-200. Up to twice per turn, you can send a fire monster from your hand to the graveyard and inflict 250 damage to your opponent. This this burn damage, of course, after it got nerfed, is a is very negligible. 500 damage per turn is respectable, but if you're just sending one card away, 250, that's whatever. Now, the whole goal of this card is to send cards into the graveyard, which is the core of the lava archetype. So pretty much, they just thrive on putting stuff into the graveyard, using that, banishing them, and Lava Dust Flame, you know, they could do different things. This is a setup card for that. Definitely in consideration. Um, I don't think it brings Lavals back. It doesn't put Lavals back on the map in any way, but it is a card that helps the archetype, helps the whole theme. I'm all about it. So that is all for the DD Castle. Let's get into the structure deck Tales of the Noble Knights. Now this deck, this structure deck EX received rave reviews, and what it, why that is is because um, it included a lot of cards from the past. So there's four new cards from this deck, but you also have a copy of Noble Knight Madrot, which is from Crusaders Battlegrounds. You have Noble Knight Dristan, which is from Crusaders Battlegrounds. Uh, Gawain's kind of useless, but you got Noble Knight Boars from the same box. Perador, not really useful. Artorigus, not really useful. This is kind of the king. Kind of interesting. It's a storyline. They made the normal monster the um, boss. Gavalchavad, not very useful. But then each of the equip spells. Gallatin, you need. Arfiduder, you need. Caliburn, you need. Noble Arms of Destiny, you need. Glory to the Noble Knights, you need. So, pretty much this puts away the need to buy Crusader's backgrounds. This was... Noble Knights was a deck that I always did play, so I always had the cards. So it sucked for me buying this for four new cards, but it was necessary. Very good for a new player. Very good um, investment. If it, it's probably you know people are hanging games with the race, but I'm not sure if it hits the tournament scene as well. But right now, it's a very good investment for free to play players trying to compete. So we got four new cards from this deck. Let's go over them. Merlin. 
Level 3, Dark Spellcaster, 1400, 500. There's a lot of effects on this card. You can only use each effect of Merlin once per turn. You can tribute this card, special summon one Noble Knight monster from your deck. You cannot special summon monsters to turn you active this effect except for Noble Knights. There's two quick effects you could do. You can banish this card from the graveyard immediately after this effect resolves. Synchro summon one Noble Knight synchro monster using monsters you control. Or you can quick effect use this monster monsters. Uh, you can banish this card from the graveyard immediately after this effect resolves. XZ summon one Noble Knight monster using XZ's monsters you control. Using materials you control. That's just, that's just, that's red wrong. Now, if you can't tell, this card's kind of busted. Um, you tribute it. You cheat out Madrot or Boars. Typically, Madrot to set up the two monster play. Boars to help set up more monsters, I mean, more equipped spells into the graveyard play. There's different ver- reasons for why. And then when it's in the graveyard, you can quick effect Synchro Summon or XC Summon Noble Knight Monster. Now, just because all we have in the Synchro tool is Ignoble Knight of High Lord Salon, which is a card that's not worth playing at all. We're going to do XZ Summon. So it kind of limits the use of Merlin. Merlin's always going to be used as an XZ's play, unless that Ignoble Knight's actually good. I don't think it is. Um, we're going to go off some XZ's plays. So it does a few things. It saves your monsters from destruction. You can kind of turn them into the XZ's monsters. You could be bigger than them. The XZ's monsters going to equip a bunch of equip spells. So you're going to be bigger than them. They might run into a monster and lose. That's pretty much the purpose of Merlin. Quick effect. Um, set up a quick XZ summon. Pretty much the fastest XZ summon you could do. So I would say Madroth is probably the optimal play if you were looking for that type of thing. But yeah. A quick way to get your XZ's monsters. Now the problem with this card there is a weakness though. You could get disrupted. Paleozo, Canadia, Floodgate. They can interrupt this card when you normal summon it. So you have to trigger that effect off. It's not automatic. Which hurts a little bit uh, against the meta unfortunately. But it is what it is otherwise a busted card. Now there's a new trap card called Until Noble Knights... No. Until Noble Arms are needed once again. Trap card. Excavate cards from the top of your deck equal to the number of Noble Arms equipped spells you control. If you do, add one of them to your hand. Also place the remaining cards on the top of your deck in any order. You can banish this card from your graveyard except the turn this was sent to the graveyard. Special summon from your deck one Noble Knight monster of a different name from the cards you control or in your graveyard. You can use each effect once per turn. Whole mouthful there. This does a few things. There's some synergy of your XZ's monsters. You put Noble Arms equip spells into the graveyard or into your hand. Kind of like a scry card. This is like a scry trap card. And you kind of build a toolbox based on your Noble Knight equip spells. So you go with one Gallatin, one Arthur Duder, one Caliber, and two Noble Arms of Destiny because that's the best one. And you probably run a Gwen High Fiver. And... You know, she doesn't count, but she is an equip spell. And this trap card kind of thins out the other ones. So you can kind of get to the ones you want and whatever. So this card also, you can special summon a Noble Knight monster with a different name. That's not in the graveyard. So you could kind of just like thin out the deck, help set up another XZ's play or something. A lot of utility in this trap card. 
A lot of decks running two of them. Now there's two Xyz monsters that gives new depth to Noble Knight. And these two cards are both exclusive Noble Knight. They require Noble Knight Xyz material. So you can't just run these cards. Not that you want to. So Artorigus, King of Noble Knights, rank 4. Requires two level 4 monsters. Noble Knight monsters, 2,000, 2,000. When this card's Xyz summoned, you can target up to three Noble Nar Noble Arms equipped spell cards with different names in your graveyard. Equip those targets to this card. Once per turn, you can detach one Xyz material from the card, destroy any number of spells or traps on the field, up to the number of Noble Arms equipped spells. So, it's not very flashy in terms of attack, but you are equipping different spells. Gallatin's going to give it 1,000, Caliburn's going to give it 500, Gwen Huai 5R isn't going to count. But Noble Arms of Destiny, Protection, Arfiduter for back row. This card doesn't need Arfiduter because you're already destroying back row. That's the point of this card. You're controlling the back row here. Ultimately, Noble Knights are an extreme control deck. And this is one of the reasons why. So, yeah, works well. Now, the other one's a similar card, but a little different. Sacred Noble Knight of King Artorigus. Rank 5, requires 2 level 5 Noble Knight monsters, 2200-2200. When Xyz summoned, you can target 3 mobile Noble Arms equipped spells with different names in your graveyard. Equip those cards targets to this card. Once per turn, detach an Xyz material, target one other monster on the field, destroy it. If this card sent from the field to the graveyard, target one level 4 or higher Noble Knight monster in your graveyard special summon it. So it's pretty much the same thing, but you're controlling monsters on the board. And detaching the Xyz material, destroy one other monster. It could be your own monster. And it's face up or face down, doesn't matter. But it targets. So the Archfiend's Call is immune to this card, for example. Um, the attack gain is nominal. I mean, it's like, um, it's not much. And, um,. Yeah, different purposes. This one's to destroy monsters. More of an aggressive card. The um, Ortorgus himself is for destroying the back row. And because it's level 5, it doesn't mean you have to run level 5 monsters. The different noble knights, when equipped with different things, are level 5. So Boar's is level 5. Parador's level 5. Madrot's level 5. So they become level 5 monsters, and you can make your Xyz play into level 5. So you don't have to run ignoble knight of lord salon or whatever so yeah so people are already hitting king of games with this deck you could look up the best deck some decks run storm that's the one i'm playing other decks are just pure decks with some back row you know like there's different ways to build the deck but the deck is proving to be good enough for king of games past that i'm not sure but that is where we are at of no knights I'm very happy about it because I was a um, I played Noble Knights for quite a bit of time. Actually, I'm not sure if I ever hit King of Games with them, but this gives the deck new life, and I'm very um, I'm pleased about it. Okay, so the last thing we're going to talk about today are the ranked dual rewards for this month of December. Two new cards: SR and R. First one is Knight Papal Operative. Rank 4 XZ's Dark Warrior, 2600, 2000, requires 3 level 4 monsters, 
Once per turn, you can detach one XD's material from this card. This card gains 300 attack for each XD's material attached to a monster on the field. So in the end, you're just going to get a beat stick here. And this guy requires three monsters to make. So if you detach one, it'll be 600 attack. That will make it 3,200, which uh, hits over the Cola Grill 3,000. I'm not sure how much that applies anymore. But if they expect Blue Eyes to be meta again, I guess it does apply. Um, yeah, not not too impressive overall. Right now, in the early XC's meta, we're seeing um, more monsters that require two. Like, we don't see Stellar Knight uh, Delteros being played in extra decks. We see... A, a lot of Diamond Dire Wolves, because that just requires two level 4 monsters. And the Papal Operative, really, it's just a beat stick. So you're just, it's kind of like running um, Gem Knight Pearl, but Gem Knight Pearl only costs two, and this one uh, costs a bit more. Or, um, this is clearly an upgrade over um, Gaga Gigo the Risen, though, because Gaga Gigo the Risen maxes out 2950. Uh, Papal Operative will become 32 situationally. It also depends on the opponent's board. So we're not seeing a ton of XC's plays in the meta, so this obviously gets stronger when the opponent has an XC's play. So, you know, overall not too exciting. Uh, maybe when more people start running XC's against you, it's something to consider. But right now, um, you know, if you do if you do have that slot in your extra deck, and you do spawn monsters, some level 4s pretty fast. This is something to consider, but not too impressive. If you're building a whole menu of XC's monsters in your extra deck, this doesn't really stand out. Now the R card is Memory Crush King, a card that you see in artworks a lot. It's a Dark Fiend, 5 stars, 2000, 0 defense. When this card inflicts battle damage to your opponent by direct attack, remove from play all synchro monsters in your opponent's graveyard, and inflict 1,000 damage to your opponent for each monster removed. So in Duel Links, it's 500 damage. The burn damage has been nerfed. Now what I'm wondering is where was this card the whole time when we had to suffer through Shirinui for the last year? Because Shirinui are the main deck that use that power play of... Sending back the Synchro Monsters in the graveyard and blowing your board with Sun Saga. That's pretty much their play. It also has effect against Black Wings with the um, Obsidian Hawk Joe, for example. So there are various decks that this is effective against. But overall, it's an underwhelming card. It's a 5-star monster, 2000, uh, 2000 attack. There doesn't seem to be a way to cheat this out, though. That's what sucks. Um... You know, different cards, they cheat out the weaker 1500 attack dark monsters like the Mystic Tomato or anything like that. But I can't seem to find a way to cheat this out. Now, this could be okay in a deck where you use, um, you know, like Plague Spreader, Glow Up Bulb, things that come out of the graveyard to allow you to ramp into a normal summon. Kind of like um, the Chaos... Um, Shaman, or I forget what's the, the, that guy. Um, Chaos Sorcerer, I think it's called. I forget. But anyways, um, this card hits your opponent. 2,000 situational burn. And of course, that situational is very situational. It has to be a late game. Your opponent has to have a bunch of Synchro Monsters in their graveyard. They have to have a clear board. 
a lot of variables going into the way. You know, it's hard to direct attack your opponent when they have stuff on the board and you only two thousand attacks. So, yeah, very situational card. It would be a good tech card. Um, there's an easier way to get it out, but of course, uh, there are some decks it does do well against. I think um, Mayakashi that would just pretty much blow them up. Um, they would lose all their monsters. And there's also the various um, what what goes into the graveyard decks with the rank three XCs. It's called Chain Beat for a bit, but um, that card has like um, those Goyo monsters in the graveyard as well. They'll take two of them to make, and then the Coral Dragon. There's a few different things, but um, yeah, this is way too situational. It could be a tech card, but Shirnui are on their way out. So this card's play overall has just been hampered by not being around at the right time. Alright, so we're not going to have a deck deep dive this week. Upcoming news, Leo and Luna's dual, dual Carnival, new UR Skull Flame, and new SR Burning Skull Head. Mid-December Tour Guide Bingo, a new SR Xyz Monster Baby Tyragon. Uh, Mid-December Kite Tenjo, new UR Number 10 Illuminite, and SR Photon Crusher. Late December Duels, Chronicles 5Ds, Attack of the Dark Signers, UR... Majestic Red Dragon and new skill for Jack and Yusei. Late December, Dual Links Mission Research with Curse of Darkness. And of course, next week, we will, in a few days, we'll have Axel Brody. Tomorrow, we'll have Axel Brody. So, going over his, um, all his cards and his skills, there has been, um, rumblings that he's getting, he's giving us Volcanic Scattershot, which is apparently a very good card. So, I'm excited to see what that's all about. Alright, so that's it for the podcast this week. Search this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, search the Dual Assessment Podcast. Check out the podcast and more at the website at thedualassessment.wordpress.com. Email me with anything at thedualassessment at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at dual underscore assessment. Alright, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.